Come on, how about lifting him up? We bless you, Jesus. We honor you. We praise you. Be exalted in this place in Jesus' name. Just turn to your neighbor and say, I just heard you sing. And it didn't sound that good. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. Aren't you glad that you can come into an environment like this and it doesn't matter what you sound like? What it matters is you're just lifting up Jesus and something happens when we, we give God glory, when we turn our eyes and our attention upon Him. And I want you just to throw a hand or two in the air just right where you are. Holy Spirit, we thank you. You're in this place and you love to lift up the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray, Lord, in all of our lives tonight, you'll make yourself known. You'd come and do what only you can do. Lord, I thank you tonight. Lord, our strength is in you. We realize, Lord, when it comes to our dreams, it's not going to be by our might. It's not going to be by our power, but it's going to be by your Spirit. And Lord, you're our source today, the source of our life. And Lord, we tap into you. All right now, I pray, Lord, that there will just be full access in this place. To, the, to everything that you are and everything that you want to do. Lord, right now, I pray, Lord, where there's any hindrance in this place, it'd be severed right now in Jesus' name. And we pray, Lord, that you do a mighty work in this place. We pray this in your name. And everybody said, Amen. come on, everybody shouted. Amen. Come on, let's give God a big clap of praise again. Can we do that? Wow. How about high five five people before you take a seat? Well, how many had a good day? Great day, great day, man. This morning was off the charts. I believe we're building on that tonight. How many are in the middle of 52 days of breakthrough? Put up your hand if you've already seen a breakthrough since we announced 52 days of breakthrough. Lift up your hand if you've seen a breakthrough. Look around the room, man, what God's doing. Phenomenal. I hear people have bought houses just in the last 52 days. I've had people come up to me and say their brother's given their heart to Jesus. You know, open doors with jobs. And we're really believing that uh, within those 52 days that we wouldn't just see incremental growth, but would see significant breakthrough. And uh, it just comes from the book of Nehemiah, which is a powerful book in the Bible, where Nehemiah heard that the walls of his home city had been broken down, and he was burdened to do something about it. And Nehemiah, Nehemiah went back to Jerusalem and, and rebuilt the walls of that city, and it took him 52 days to do it. Generations before him had been trying for 70 years, and they hadn't been able to accomplish much. In fact, they hadn't been able to accomplish anything. But in 52 days, Nehemiah was able to accomplish what they couldn't in 70 years. Nehemiah, if you look at his name, his name means comforter. Somebody else goes by that name in the New Testament. His name is the Holy Spirit. Isn't it amazing what you can do with the Holy Spirit that you can't do otherwise? And I, I want you to believe, you know, we're right in the middle of it. 
I want you to believe in the next days, the days coming ahead. In fact, the end of the 52 days ends on July the 13th, Friday the 13th. It's going to be a great day in Jesus' name. And I'll break all those superstitious spirits out there. But it's ending on Friday the 13th, which happens to be the last day of shout. I want us to believe between now and then that we're not just going to see incremental growth, that we're not going to just progress in steps, but, uh, but we're going to leap. There's going to be a leap into another dimension. Come on, how many can believe that tonight? Come on, is there anybody with faith in the room? Come on, if you believe it, how about giving God a big shout right now? Come on. Come on, we're just preparing you for shout. I really believe God's going to do something amazing. Uh, tonight, the title of my message is Shake It Up. Just shake your neighbor and say, you need to shake it up. Shake it up. We're going to shape, shake some things up. How many have ever got to a point in your life where you're a little bit frustrated? Is there anybody frustrated right now with things around them? Come on, lift up your hand if you're frustrated with things around you right now. You know, there's times in life where we just need to shake it up. We can't just do what we've been doing and, and expect to see change. We're, we've got to shake some things up. Come on, just shake your neighbor right now and say, it's time to shake it up. I really believe tonight there's a miracle in the house. There's a miracle in the house. And, and we're going to go to John chapter 2, where Jesus performed his first miracle. So if you've got your Bible, let's go there. John chapter 2, we're going to be reading from verse 1. It says, on the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. How many know it's good to invite Jesus to your wedding? That's a good way to start a marriage, is have Jesus at the wedding, at the wedding. And so many people today don't even want, you know, a message at the wedding. I say to people, I'm a minister of the gospel. If you want me to take your wedding, I'm going to preach. Otherwise, get a marriage celebrant. Yeah, you can get, pay somebody else just to do the professional thing. I'm no professional, you know, marriage celebrant. I'm a minister of the gospel. Thank you very much. Just my little pet there, anyway. Anyway, so somebody go, I'm not inviting him. Good. Okay, it goes, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus the mother said to him, they have no more wine. Listen to this, verse four. Woman, why do you involve me? How many would talk to their mom like that? Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you to do. Everybody say that, do whatever he tells you to do. There's some good instruction right there. When you're stuck in life, when you come to a crisis, just do whatever Jesus tells you to do. Next verse, it says, Nearby stood thick stone water jars, the kind used for the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. So they hold a lot right there. 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to his servants, Fill the jars with water. So, that they're, so they're filled to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. 
he did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Now, now this is interesting here. You know, the servants were the only ones who were privy to this miracle. All the other guests didn't know what was going on. Even when they tasted the wine, they still didn't know what was going on. Do you know it's only servants, those who serve in the house of God, sometimes that are privy to the special miracles that go on? That's why you need to serve at Shouts. Come on, as those over the years in the background rooms see the miracles. They're privy to, to the things that God does. And it says they were the ones that knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. You know, I, I really believe. You know, I don't know where you are in your Christian journey. I don't know what you've experienced. But I, I want to declare God saved the best till now. Come on, it's about to get a whole lot better. You thought this was good. Come on, it's about to get better in Jesus' name. Walking with God, you know, and, and never go, it never gets worse. You know, I've been walking with Jesus for over 30-something years. In fact, approaching 40 years. And uh, the path of the righteous is like the first glimmer of dawn, and it gets brighter and brighter to the full light of day. So when you walk with Jesus, it only gets better in Jesus' name. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's about to get better. Because he saved the best till now. Verse 11, when Jesus, what Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. Here Jesus was invited to a party. He was invited to a wedding. Uh, and unlike the weddings today, you know, this was no ordinary wedding. These weddings went from three to seven days. How many would like a wedding like that? Not, not just a few hours. But this wedding went, it was a celebration that went for three to seven days. Uh, you know, I, I love this because here we see God do a miracle through Jesus. Now, now he doesn't tell us when the water turns to wine. Did it turn to wine when the servants filled the jars? Uh, did, did it turn to wine when the jars were poured into the glasses? Or was it turned to wine the moment that the master of the banquet put the cup to his mouth? It, it doesn't tell us when the water turned to wine, but the water turned to wine. And, and that's what matters. I really believe God wants to take the ordinary parts of your life and he wants to make them supernatural. Uh, God wants to turn water into wine in your life. But for that to happen, we need to honor tomorrow today. Uh, we need to honor tomorrow today. We need to pull our tomorrow into our today. Uh, this story shows us that that is possible. See, see Mary notices that the, the wedding's out of wine. And she goes, tells Jesus. And he says, woman, why do you involve me? My hour has not yet come. Again, imagine saying that to your, to your mother. Go clean your room. Woman, my hour has not yet come. How many know you're going to get a slap around the head? You know, in fact, if you said that to some of your mothers, your life would not be worth living. You know, it's like, can you clean up? No, my hour has not yet come. 
No, here's the deal. Mary had been waiting for this moment for 30 years. She knew that Jesus was the Son of God, and He hadn't yet performed any miracles. This was His first. And, and, and Mary's saying, isn't it about time? You know, 30 years waiting is a long time. Uh, but she didn't want to ma- wait much longer. And so she turned to the service, uh, uh, oblivious to what he had just said. And, and, and she told him, just, just do whatever he tells you to do. And, and Jesus suddenly then decides his time has come and performs his first miracle. See, see, Mary, through desperation and obedience, was able to pull what was reserved from an, uh, what was reserved for another day into her today. Come on, how many know God wants to fill the earth with His knowledge and His glory? He wants to do it as the waters cover the sea. Come on, God wants to do that. How many are a little bit impatient with that? Come on, how many get a little bit frustrated? Like, well, where are you, God? I know we're moving. I know things are, are better than they used to be, but we're still not what we believe. We're not where we want to be. And, and we're going to take what's, what's destined for tomorrow, and through our desperation and our and obedience, we need to bring it into our today. See, see I believe God wants to shake some things up tonight. For God to shake some things up, we need to drop our preconceived ideas as to what God can do. Uh, In a moment, God can save a nation. In a day, He can turn things around. Come on, 52 days of breakthrough. I believe God wants to shake some things up. Uh, Let's go to Haggai chapter 2. The series is called The Church You See. And uh, what we're trying to do is get an alignment between what we see and what God sees. Uh, I said this morning, the degree of accuracy in which we see God does not actually change or alter the existence of God. God is God by Himself. And we got to make sure that we just don't imagine God the way we like Him to be. Because uh, God is, is, is God whether we see Him right or not. And that's where we've got to get a, a good perspective. You know, Jesus is perfect theology, and He reveals the heart and the nature of who God is. Now, I want to take you to Haggai chapter 2 because it talks about God's house. And it, it talks about what will happen in the end days. In Haggai chapter 2 verse 6, it says, this is what the Lord Almighty says. So this isn't what Sam says. This is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations. And what is desired by all nations will come and I'll fill this house with glory says the Lord Almighty. How many get a a little bit excited by just those few verses? Come on, God just doesn't say He'll shake a city, but what's He gonna do? He's gonna shake the nations. I believe we're experiencing that to a degree right now. Germany is being shaken. Come on, uh, in the next 12 months, we're gonna have over five churches in Germany. Come on, we're shaking that nation. We're shaking the Philippines right now. 
But I really believe in the next two years, we're going to shake the Pacific. Come on, there's going to be a, a shaking in the Pacific Islands, in Samoa, in Tonga. Come on, in Fiji, in the Solomon Islands. Come on, come on. It may be reserved for tomorrow, but we can bring our tomorrow into our today if we get a little bit excited. Come on, if we get a little bit desperate. We can bring it into our today. He says, I will shake the nations, and what is desired by all nations will come, and I'll fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. Here, verse 8, the silver is mine, the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. How many know everything in this world is God's? The earth and the fullness thereof, it's God's. You know, we don't need to worry about where our provision is coming from. You know, some of us are looking for provision from different areas. But when you put your trust in Jesus, when you put your hope in Jesus, you will never lack. You will never lack. You will never go without. Listen to this, verse 9. It says, the glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house says the Lord Almighty, and in this place, somebody say, and in this place, and in this place, I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. I love how many Lord Almighty is there. It's not Bruce Almighty. It's the Lord Almighty. He's just saying, hey, I've got the strength and I've got the power to do this. You know, I, I got the power. You know, you know, many revivals have broken out in this building. Back in the 1930s, in one meeting in this building, 500 people gave their hearts to Jesus. In, in one meeting. Do you know uh, there's been meetings in this place, in this building, where people have walked out of wheelchairs. That walked out. But, and here God is declaring Listen to what he's declaring. Uh, The glory of the present house will be greater than the glory of the former house. Uh, Come on, uh, the best is yet to come. Do you know the largest church in the southern hemisphere in the 80s met in this building? In this very building, some things went on, you know, and it fell apart. But I really believe God is building something with strength, something with power that's going to last because it's built around the person of Jesus. Come on, if you believe that, give God a big clap of praise. We're building a house that reflects His glory. And here's the deal. In a lot of places where there's turmoil, God says, I'm going to grant peace. I really believe what we're doing through Revolution Tour is bringing peace into schools is bringing peace where there's turmoil and where there's confusion. I believe where we're going into places, we're bringing the light of God. And when the light of God comes into an area, darkness has to go. Now I quickly want to give you tonight just five reasons, five reasons for shaking something. Five reasons for shaking something. You ready for this? No, some of you are not ready. Five reasons for shaking something. The first one is to... Awaken it. To awaken it. Just turn to your neighbor and say, wake up, wake up. Wake up. A good way to wake somebody up is by shaking them. 
it gives them a fright, but it wakes them up. It's not just a, a little, you know, nice, soothing song that wakes you up. Now, a lot of us like to be woken up slowly, but I want to say we don't have time to be woken up slowly. You know, we can't wait days or years for you to wipe the sleepy dirt out of your eyes. We need to shake you right now and say, wake up. Wake up to what's going on. You know, God shakes us, I believe, sometimes. He shakes us not because He doesn't know what's in us. He shakes us because we don't know. Uh, We don't know our potential. We don't know our value. And and I found in in life, every significant move, everything that God's done that I've been amazed by has come off the back of radical obedience. Radical obedience. So many people think, well, God does stuff because, you know, they're just onto it. You know, or, or they're really gifted. You know, or they've got it together. I found God doesn't move because of that. He more moves, He acts because somebody's prepared to obey. And, and radical obedience opens the door for God to do a miracle. You know, today, uh, water is packaged in many different packages. You know, you get glass bottles, you get plastic bottles, you can just get water out of the tap. And today, there's many prices on water, you know, depending what spring they got it from. But how many know, most of it just tastes the same. Come on, how many are with me right there? It's like, you know, some are $7 and some are $3, some are 99 cents. Yeah, but in the end, it's just still water. And you can change the label, you can change the packaging, but but it's still water. You know, many people today are just changing the packaging but, but what they've got in their life is still water. It's not wine. It's not wine. See, see, if we want wine, which is what God deals in, you know, we can't just change the outside. You know, water is still water. How many know wine is a lot more expensive than water? And, and we're going to see the value of what only God can do. See, some of us, you know, we're working hard just trying to change the outer man, trying to change the package. But if we're to see God do something significant, we need God to turn the water into wine in our life. And for that to happen, you just need to do whatever He tells you to do. Just do what He tells you to do. Hey, Pana Church in Tauranga, I felt God say that to me. I knew it. God said it to me, and I'm going, well, how am I going to do that? I'm leading the church here. And he said, I want you to do it. And I thought, well, I've got a Thursday night free. You know, my week was pretty busy up to that time, and I felt the Holy Spirit say, well, do it on that day. I mean, no, you don't need to plan a church on a Sunday. But our religious mindsets will lock it into a day and a time. And I felt God say, just get a group of people, put them in a van, and let, travel down there and see what will happen. So that's what we did for 18 months, every Thursday afternoon at three o'clock. Got a few people, put them in a van, went down to Tauranga, ran a service on a Thursday night, and people showed up. People started getting saved. And after a year, we had enough to launch a church there. 
Uh, how did that happen? It happened just simply by obeying. Did I know when I obeyed what it would look like? No. So many people today are going, God, God, you show me and then I'll go. But God says, I want you to go. I want you to take a step of obedience and then I will show. In fact, God says, hey, hey, if you're not prepared to go, no go, no show. Because God can't steer a parked car. And so often we reason and rationalize away God's miracle. Uh, Proverbs 14 says, there's a way that seems right to man. It seems right. But its end is death. It seems right. There's many things right now in your mind, oh, that, that just seems right. But I found sometimes God will put something in your spirit that you go, man, that's out there. That's crazy. Who, me? No, it couldn't be. <laughs> and and we're, we're almost like the boy who stole the cookie from the cookie jar. You know, it's like, like, like we question it and we reason and, and, and we, we bring rationale that in the end argues away what God told us to do. Come on, God is looking for a church that will be radically obedient. Come on, some of us need to wake up right now. Some of us have heard from God, but we still haven't acted on His Word. You know, I love this. You can be confident when you obey God. Listen to Psalm 112, verse 6. It says, surely the righteous will never be shaken. See, see, see God may shake your surroundings, but your inner core will never be shaken. God wants to mess up your world so that you can make a difference for the kingdom. But, but you've you got to be confident. You can be confident that everything around you, yeah, it may be shaken up, but, but you've gotta, you can f- put a firm trust in Jesus. It says they will be remembered forever. See, I love the fact that Jesus takes what is lacking and he turns it into abundance. God wants to do something amazing in your life. Okay, number two, number two. Uh, uh, to shake something, reason for shaking something is to, to remove what is dead. To remove what is dead. So often we do find ourselves in messes and we're dissatisfied. And that, in a lot of ways, is because we're trying to live life in our own strength. I love what Dr. Phil says. You know, he goes, how's that working for you? Yeah, you know, uh, right now, it's so, it's so often, uh, well, right, right here, you know, we, we can find ourselves in a mess, and, and we can think, oh, well, I'm not going to change much. I'm just going to hope it's going to change. But, but what we've been doing has got us into the mess. And for us to get out of the mess, we've got to let go of some things. We've got to let go of some mindsets some ways of thinking. And God sometimes comes along and he, he, he just shakes you. Because you think, oh, well, this is normal. Everybody does that. But I really believe God wants to bring about a new normal. Come on, God wants to bring about a new normal. Come on, what's not working in your life right now? Where's life run out on you? What, what's not producing life? Some relationships right now, it's just a dead relationship. 
In fact, it's, not, it's producing nothing of the Spirit of God. And God wants to, to, sh- to shake you and say, hey, you need to let that relationship go. You can't hang out with those people. How many know whoever you hang out with, you become like? Uh, you, you dwell with the wise, you become wise. If you dwell with a fool, that, that's what you're going to take on board. And, and God sometimes needs to shake us and, and say, hey, you know, those, yeah, good people, nice people, but they're not going to take you into your destiny. And, and, and God shakes us to remove what's dead. And He wants to shake us. Number three, the reason why God shakes some things is, number three, is to thoroughly mix together. To thoroughly mix together. You know, how many have ever had a milkshake where the syrup hasn't been mixed in properly? And it just tastes more like the milk, and it doesn't have any flavor. All those gym freaks out there, you know, the protein shakes. Yeah, yeah, Josh Weirua, yeah, gym freak from way back. Yeah, it's uh, like, like the protein shake, yeah? You haven't mixed it in, so you just taste the powder. It's not blended in right. You know, what do you do? You, you shake it to mix it together thoroughly. Yeah, you know, God wants some things in our life to be inseparable. God wants you and His purpose to be inseparable. It's not like you just step into His purpose on a Sunday and step out of it on a Monday. Come on, God's got a purpose for your life 24-7. And He wants His purpose to be inseparable from your life. You know, here's the deal. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. That's inseparable, and we've got to mix it in with every part of our life. How many know uh, when you're in love with somebody, you end up loving what they love? You know, it's it's a big thing. You know, especially you see it while people are courting and while people are dating. It's like, you know, the the woman's not into fishing, and suddenly she becomes interested in fishing. (laughs) Like, you know, not interested in sport, and suddenly, oh, she's paying attention to the sport. You know, it's, a, you know, it's, it's love will do that to you. It will cause you to be interested in things that you're not normally interested in. Love will do that. And, and what we've got to understand about God is, you know, intimacy is not love at first sight or love in one night. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. It's not love. That's lust. Yeah, here's the deal. The closer you get to Jesus, one thing I found, the closer you get to Jesus, the more in love with His church you'll be. You'll love His bride. You'll love what He loves. Yeah, imagine going to a groom after a wedding and go, hey, man, I reckon you're really awesome, but your bride's ugly. Do you know there's many Christians who do that? That's how they treat the church. It's like, I love Jesus, but I hate the church. <laughs> but, but here's the deal. When you love Jesus, you'll be in love with what He loves. You'll love the house of God. You'll want to be in that place. And those two things can't be separated. God wants to shake us up. Even Jesus, He said, zeal for your house has consumed me. I've got a passion and a zeal to be in the house of God. You know, it's not just something I attend. It's something that I, that I live in. 
that I prioritize in my world. Uh, how, how many know uh, when it comes to giving? Love and giving can't be separated. Uh, as the saying goes, you can give and not love, but you can't love and not give. Uh, if you love Jesus, if Jesus is in your heart, there'll be a flow out of your hand. Uh, they're linked. You know, it's just, there's some things already in the Bible that, you, that are inseparable that we've got to understand, and they reveal often where we're at. Uh, do you know that, that your heart and your mouth are linked? Uh, you want to know the condition of your heart? Just listen to the words that are coming out of your mouth. If your mouth is full of negativity, if your words are full of doubt, you know, that's a, a revealer of what's in your heart. Because Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. When it comes to faith, faith isn't just believing in your heart. You know, for you to move mountains, you've got to speak to the mountain. It's got to come out of your mouth. So you can't just say, well, it's in my heart. Well, if it's in your heart, it should flow out of your mouth. You know, do you know your heart and money are linked? They, they can't be separated. Your money and your mouth are revealers of what's in your heart. You know, how, how many know if I'm financially connected, I'll be emotionally connected? You know, if you're, you're, you're financially invested into something, you're going to check up on it. You're going to follow it up. You know, people who invest in stocks, you know, often they don't look at every stock, but they look at the one that they're financially invested in because that's where they put it. And in fact, Jesus said this. He said, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves Thieves break in and steal, but what? Lay up your treasure. Lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Listen to this, verse 21. I want you to get this. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, notice it's not where your heart is, they're your treasure. It's where your treasure is. Your heart will follow wherever your treasure is. Come on, if you want your heart to be in the kingdom of God, you need to put your treasure in the kingdom of God. Your heart follows wherever your treasure goes. You know, that's why Haggai, Haggai's an important book, and God's shaking the people there, because the Israelites have got distracted. What they've done is they'll focus on building their house, while the house of God laid in ruins. And God sends the prophet Haggai along to wake them up and say, hey, you guys, your house are all sweet, all paneled houses. You're living over there in these nice houses, while the house of God is in ruins. And God says to them, he basically says, you've worked hard, but you've got little to show for it. You know, how many hate that? You know, working hard and not having much to show for it. 
Uh, many of us are on a lot more money than we were 10 years ago. But just because you have more money doesn't mean you're actually being more productive. Doesn't mean. You know, how many have got to a place where you got, you're seemingly earning more, but you feel like you got less? Uh, you're earning more, but you got less. It's almost like God says, hey, hey, he goes in this verse, yeah, you got a lot. But in the end, it's not effective because you didn't prioritize the house of God. So what did I do? I blew away your harvest. I put holes in your pockets because you didn't prioritize some stuff. See, see, you can be confident. If you build God's house, God will build yours. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it time and time again. If you prioritize the house of God, God will look after your own house. You don't need to worry about it. And Jesus takes our lack and he turns it into abundance. Okay, number four, four, three, just shake your neighbor. So wake up, wake up, wake up. So, so why do we shake something to, number one, awaken it? Why, why do we shake something, number two, to remove what's dead? Uh, why do we shake something, number three, is to, to, to bring things together? Okay, number four is, is to bring something closer to its foundation. To bring closer to its foundation. Yeah, you know, we understand life flows from the heart. The issues of life are found in your heart. Yeah, you know, today I, I find it's, it's easy just to get numb with the issues in our world because we're just bombarded with them. You see it on, on the media all the time. Stuff going on around the world in Syria and different things. And yeah, it's just another day. Yeah, another day. But lives have been lost. Families have been torn apart. You know, people are going without food. You just can get numb. Just numb. It's just, uh, oh, well, more people are. Oh, 50 people died. Yeah, you know, it's like, oh, well, it doesn't affect me. Yeah, but that's 50 people. That's, that's 50 individuals. And, and we're numb because sometimes we feel like, well, what can I do to make a difference? Now, I often say it's like spilling sugar in the pantry. How many have ever done that before? Yeah, you know, it's, it's a mission to clean that up. You've got to take everything out. You've got to wipe it all down, and then you've got to put it back in. Sometimes it's easier, how many know, just to, Shut the door and leave it to somebody else. Yeah. I've told the story before. You know, I've been on a long-haul flight, had a meal, and uh, went to sleep. But it was turbulent the whole way, and I woke up wanting to throw up. Ran to the back of the plane, opened the cubicle, and threw up right over that whole cubicle. Just, ugh, you know, covered the whole, whole thing. Didn't even make the bowl. Just got it all around, all over the place. How, how many know right then the temptation was to close the door and walk away? <laughs> I didn't do it. In fact, for the next half an hour, I was wiping down the walls <laughs> of, of that cubicle. See, many of us right now, we, we look at the need in our world and we go, oh, well, it's too much. What can I do? And what we do is we just close the door and walk away. But we're, we're going to do something about it. So many people sometimes 
look at church ministry and go, well, I've had people come in and say, well, it's all right for you because you don't live in the real world. Tell me, what is the real world? Sitting and working with people, it doesn't get more real than that. Sitting with someone who's lost a loved one, who's lost their six-year-old child, and having to navigate that, that, that's as real as it gets. Working with couples who are in a loveless marriage and, and trying to help them find what brought them together in the first place, that, that's real. Helping people where the, the pain of life has got too much and, and they've got no hope and they can't see their future, man, uh, that's real. Educating people who are told they're no good and they wouldn't amount to anything. Working with people who have been hurt and abused and bruised and battered. Yeah, you know, stewarding money is, is really important. We talked about money, stewarding that. And God tests us with money to see if He can trust us with people. Because because the treasure of heaven is people. But God said, uh, Jesus said in Luke chapter 16, if you're unfaithful and unrighteous, man, how can I entrust to you the true riches? True riches. And God says, okay. He goes, okay, I'll test you with money. And if you're faithful there, I'll give you people. You know, th this is a big deal. Because we're here to change people's lives. Come on, how many have been changed by the power of Jesus? Come on, how many lives in this place have been radically transformed by the power of Jesus? Come on, the power of the gospel. I want you to lift your hands. Come on, I want you to respond to that. Now, that's, but, but that power is not just for you. It's so that we might reach others. And I pray that we'd be faithful when it comes to this message that we've been given. You know, Paul, he gets to a place where, where he's just so messed up. He says, woe to me if I don't preach the gospel. Woe to me. I can't do this. In other words, God has shook him up so bad that any, everything else didn't matter. Other than people hearing the gospel and having an opportunity to respond. See, God's wants to shake us up so much so we see what really matters. Yeah, money is not that important. God tests us with that so to see whether we can handle people. People are what matter. Relationships are what matter. And we've got to do everything that we can to win people to Jesus. That's why we hire Spark Arenas because we want to see more people reached. We want to see more people saved. We want, to know more, we want to see more people having a hope that they didn't have before. And sometimes we need to come back to our foundations. We need to come back to what God did in our life. Come on, never take for granted your salvation. Never just treat it as normal, but treasure it in Jesus' name. Number five, last one is, to shake something, number five, is to harvest what is ready. 
to harvest what is ready. You know, fruit, tree, shake it, you can harvest what is ready. See, I really believe we're living in the greatest days of the church. Come on, the fields are white unto harvest. They're white unto harvest. And, and, and people are ready. People are looking for Jesus right now because they tried the world and it hasn't worked. They're looking for Jesus. Everyone's looking for Jesus. It's just many people don't know where to look. And, and we need to shake some things because the fields are white. He's just looking for laborers to go into that field, you know, as a church. Uh, I really believe God wants us to be faithful with money. You know, Leela read out before that we're to bring our tithe into the storehouse that God says that there may be food in His house. How many believe the church of God should have an abundance? There should be food in the house of God. And God says, hey, if you try me in this, I'll open the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing that there won't be enough room to contain it. Yeah, I want to say as a church, we don't want empty cupboards. Because how many know if you have new people come in and you have somebody come over and visit you and you've got empty cupboards, you, you have nothing to offer them. You have nothing to give them. You can't make them a cup of tea. You can't make them a sandwich. You can't give them a piece of cake because there's no food in the house. We want enough food in the house so that when people come into our world, we have something to offer them. We have something to give them. That's why the the, the church needs to be a place of abundance because God wants to bring people into our world where, where we can give them the answer. See, we need food in our cup, a cupboard for those who are lonely, for those who have no hope when it comes to their future. We need food in our cupboard so that we can equip a generation. Uh, we, we need food in our cupboard for the people that God wants to bring us. We need food in our cupboard so that we can help people out of poverty, out of debt, out of past mistakes. We need food in our cupboard for the down and outers. How many know right now FIFA is putting on a good show in Russia? You know, I often think, man, what does it cost to put on a World Cup? Billions of dollars for something that's not going to last. Manuel was saying, can you pray for Brazil tomorrow morning? How many believe Brazil are going to win the World Cup? We get some. I hear Germany's playing Mexico tomorrow morning. No, I don't know who's going to win there. Some people are going for Germany. William Schaffhausen is. The Brazilians think they play a boring style of football. But it may, they won the last World Cup. What was it, 7-1? Just saying, saying. <laughs> Billions of dollars for something, yeah, within a couple of months we'll be forgotten about. Yeah, people have a celebration, but it won't be lasting. Now we carry the greatest message the world could ever know. Come on, how many know that's deserving of the best? Uh, yeah, we can't be half-hearted about it. 
You know, so many people get more passionate in football stadiums than they do in church. And I go, what's up with that? You know, if you can get passionate over here and you can't get excited about the purpose of God, you know, something's amiss in your life. You need to be, you need to be woken up. You need, to, you need somebody to shake you right now. Because God is wanting to do something incredible. We're living in a day where we're going to see a harvest of salvation like never before. Come on, if you believe it. Come on, let's give God a clap of praise. Come on. God's about to do something that we've never seen before. And we just need to align ourselves with, with all that He's purposed and with all that He's promised. Yeah. David in the Bible. David lived under the old covenant. Now in the old covenant, the high priest was the only one who who could go into the holies of holies. You know, the priest could only go into their place, but David was determined to host the presence of God in his city on a daily basis. Now, Now that was foreign in the day he lived. That wasn't done. You know, the priests went in. But, but through worship and the sacrifices of thanksgiving and praise that he offered to God, he tasted of a lifestyle that was reserved for New Testament believers. It was reserved for the New Testament, but because of his worship and his sacrifice of thanksgiving and praise, he bought his tomorrow, the tomorrow into his t- today. His hunger for God saw something released. And what you've got to see is our hunger and it's our worship and our praise and our thanksgiving that releases the miracles of God. That, that are going to release the harvest. In fact, the Bible says this, if we'd lift Him up, if we'd lift Jesus up, He would draw all men unto Himself. See, we, we can work hard and accomplish little. But if we'd put our attention and our focus on Jesus and would elevate Him to His rightful place, He'll do what no person can do. Come on, God wants to shake you today. Come on, I feel like there's a shaking in this room.